welcome to the Dellingpod with me, James Dellingpod, and I really am excited about today's special guest, even though he's quite a familiar figure. In fact, I would say, in fact, I know Dominic has Dominic Frisby has been on the Dellingpod more often than anybody apart from Dick. How do you feel about that, Dom? I feel very proud. Yeah, I feel very proud, but I feel slightly toward bitter towards Dick. That he's that he's one step ahead of me. <laughs> um, oh no, you shouldn't feel that. You shouldn't feel that. Um, I think you should. The only thing that should worry you should be the question: Am I a bit easy? Am I a bit kind of too available? Is it good for my brand <laughs> to be quite so? You know, shouldn't I turn him down more? That kind of thing. But yeah, I, guess I don't l- listen. Maybe I should play hard to get. But I think what tends to happen is that. Either you call me or I call you about something else. And then in the, then we have an interesting conversation. And then in the course of that conversation, a light bulb goes off in your head and says, oh, I should get you on the podcast. And, and because we speak to yeah. each other, you know, every so often on the phone, that this is how the pattern has emerged. So I don't feel cheap in that regard. I feel special. Good. Now, you're, you're right to do so. And actually, I think it's more a sign of our mateship than anything else, because whenever I'm driving as you know because this has happened a lot whenever i'm driving for this this special therapy i have or i have to drive an hour and a half away to to be massaged for my for my lyme disease uh and i'm 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 wondering who i can call on my journey and you're always one of the people i call because again you're normally there you're normally there well Um, i love i do love driving and talking on the phone is great not obviously you know with the hands-free kit and all that but it is a really good way of passing a car journey, having a long it phone is. conversation. Much- but there's sometimes when I get phoned up by people who are driving and I'm not driving and I can hear they really want to talk and I don't want to talk because I've got shit yeah. to do. Yeah. It's, but you've yeah, got to catch yeah. the person when they're walking the dog or something like that. And then you end up having a good conversation. Yeah, you have. But the, the problem is that with the with the death of the BBC, one really cannot now listen to Radio oh. Four or Radio Three or any of that shit. Not, not if you I mean, want to you like, survive. Like, if you get in the car and you start listening to the radio, you crash the car. It's like you, you, you can't take that risk. Yeah. That's how I feel. I, I must say, in terms of removing stress and annoyance from my life, cancelling Radio Four was probably the single best decision I've ever made in my life. It's just because it's a bit like I feel now with the with the Telegraph that I get every day because the wife likes a paper in the morning. And every time I think, well, you know, it can't be as annoying and as shit as I think it is. And then you open the page and you get some piece sort of kind of endorsing Black Lives Matter or you get something about endorsing some kind of feminazi line. And you think how many Telegraph readers wanted that wanted that shit with their breakfast they don't they, they actually want old england not not new woke england that's being destroyed yeah and but i mean it's the 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 annoying thing is that i think the telegraph's doing quite well at the moment didn't it didn't they sort of hand back their furlough money and their subscribership's gone up and so on so no, that's, that's i think people have gone to the telegraph because there's nowhere else to go I don't you mean the Spectator? I don't. I don't believe that. The, the, the no, Telegraph. I think the Telegraph did the same. Did they? Yeah. Oh, About a week okay. or two after that the Spectator. Fine. 
Oh, okay, fair enough. You're more on uh, up to speed with the MSM. <laughs> that means that means I'm more I'm more radical than you, Dom. But the Guardian, interestingly, has taken an even bigger hit. They've they've lost money to to the coronavirus and to lockdown, whereas the Spectator's readership's gone up. And and um, I think I read now that the Spectator readership is bigger than. Yeah, I think it might be. I think the Spectator might have more paying subscribers. I can't remember what the statistic was, but somebody put down a statistic. Than the Guardian. Yeah, there was some comparison and the Spectator's beating the Guardian, which is extraordinary. But I, I don't quite know what the, the um, parameters were. So, John, have you profited from the economic chaos that's, um, <laughs> that's afflicting the world right now? Let's cut to the chase. I, you know, um, I, I like lots of Michael Brown with my friends. Well, I've, the, um, I've, been, I've been very long gold and gold stocks. And gold stocks have had yeah. a really nice two or three months. So yeah, I've done okay. But, you know, I've got a very sort of boring pension with just boring old, uh, tr um, I was going to say trust funds in it. I mean, investment trusts, which are very yeah, safe. Yeah. And they tend to be sort of FTSE trackers and things like that. And that is down. Like, and I don't manage that as closely as I ought to. I tend to just buy it and forget about it. And the, the stock that I've lost hugely on is Marks yeah. and Spencers. Like I had, and I remember my friend recommended Marks and Spencers to me. And I went shopping there just before Christmas. And it was terrible. Like the range of clothes they had was terrible. Like I remember 20, 30 years ago, yes. Marks and Spencers owned underwear. Like you just got your underwear at Marks and Spencers, whether you're male or female. Now their underwear is terrible. And like who would buy a pair of Marks and Spencers boxer shorts? They're just, and so, you know, that's basic stuff that Marks and Spencers dominated. And then the sort of luxury food market, I think, still think their food's pretty good, but, you know, it's, you know, they're definitely losing out to Waitrose and so on. I just and they had like one and even autograph their autograph range is really good for the yeah. sort of the guy in his maybe late 30s or 40s who wanted to dress quite well and look good, but still just wanted the convenience of Marks and Spencer's and be able to buy 32 two inch waist trousers, which are really 34. But Marks and Spencer's call them 32 because they like to flatter their customers <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. And they just lost all that. They had one nice item, which was a sort of trucker jacket. So I remember thinking, why are you recommending Marks and Spencers? But then he started blathering on about six or seven percent dividend yield. So I thought, oh, fair enough. I'll just buy it and stick it in the thing and take the dividend and ride out the volatility. Volatility. And then, of course, with lockdown, I should have like sold it on the day of on the day of this lockdown thing. I wasn't as I didn't think I thought coronavirus was just going to be another um, uh, SARS. I didn't think it was going to get anything like as bad as it was. And some of my Bitcoin nutcase you know, my Bitcoin prepper mates, you know, who've, who yes. are Bitcoin trillionaires and, they, and they've, you know, they've got like houses in, you know, huge houses, hideouts in New Zealand. Like one of my mates who's like extraordinarily rich, he's a, what you'd, you'd call him a Bitcoin whale. And he's probably got, mm. you know, 10 or 20,000 Bitcoins. Um, and he uh, and his wife, he, he's like Peter Thiel. Get, uh, when I say wife, his, his partner, his boyfriend. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know he's like peter t he's sort of gay rich techie guy gay rich techie te libertarian yeah. techie guy and yeah. him and his boyfriend or his husband have got um a year's worth of uh, food supplies they saw yeah. they saw how bad this covid was going to be and in in uh, um january they went to new zealand and, and to their place in new zealand with a year's worth of food supplies so that's Only how serious years well that yeah 
So and so, you know, he and and I was sort of going, oh, come on, you're being ridiculous. But, he, you know, maybe to an extent he was right. But anyway, so I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it did. So I was a bit slow to move. But I'm, I, I, I know a lot about gold and gold shares, so I always tend to own some. But they've done very well. But anyway, my Marks and Spencer st- stock is down over 50 percent. Marks and Spencer's, that's no. basically what mining companies do, not Marks and Spencer's. You know, so that's been a disaster. But- do you not think, though, that I mean, actually, I, I, yeah, if, if there's one thing people want to hear on the podcast, it's not I've done incredibly well with my investments, but my investments have tanked. I mean, the schadenfreude pleasure that you are going to give to so many people, Dom, is, is actually yeah. worth it, I think. That, that's that sacrifice you've made for the happiness of others. That, I mean, do you have a lot of Marks and Spencer shares? That, 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 that's not the schadenfreude. Well, you know, it was about maybe like, you know, it's it's fine. I'm going to survive. Every time I come on your podcast, last yeah, time I yeah, came yeah. on, I was telling you about yeah. how I got hacked and lost all my Bitcoins. So I'm like the financial yeah. writer who never makes any money. But the yeah. <laughs> yeah. like I was trying to it's people like what's the Oscar Wilde quote? Your friend would rather it's much harder to sympathize with your friend's success than it is with their failure. I've paraphrased it. But the idea is, yeah. it, you know, you like hearing about other people's failure. So, so yeah, let's celebrate yeah, my losses I mean, in Martin. I've lost no, like ten. Oh, no, I've lost maybe ten grand on it, something like that. So, you know, I'll survive. But yeah, you know, it was maybe five yeah, or ten percent of my. Um, but I haven't lost yet because I haven't sold. But you know, but, uh, but the paper so loss. Yeah, yeah, it's a paper loss. But uh, I, I yeah. tell you, my shit disappointment. Um, yeah, didn't you make bought? a lot of money yeah. for shorting Cardinal, the cruise company? I made. I've probably made about ten thousand dollars short on the on the way down and on the way up. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, so, I, well, but, you, but do you not remember? Weren't you at, you were at the party, weren't you? At the Brexit party, you were there, on, right? Yeah. You know, on January. Remember 31st. that Brexit? Yeah. Do you remember that party we all went to? Yeah, were I was so drunk. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, one, exactly. you the were one there. where Nigel Farage and, and the boxer Chisora was there as well. Yeah. So yeah. I was I was on a table with Merrin Somerset. Oh no, I was on a table with Merrin Somerset. Meb, Web. I remember going up to her and yeah. to Liam Liam Thingy, you know, from the Alligate, tele, you yeah. know financial. Yeah, yeah, and telling them in my kind of complete sort of uh, annoying investment novice kind of way. I said, "Yeah, this coro- this coronavirus. I think it's much more serious than than the markets realise." And so I what I've done is I've liquidated all my all my shares and turned them into into gold. And you I rang you and asked your advice. I told you about this and I said, I'm going to put them into gold. You said buy ETFs, buy physical gold ETFs. So I did buy that. So we're not talking about a big portfolio. I mean, we're talking about my total share play play fun portfolio, which was 20 grand. So I liquidated all that. And put them into physical gold ETFs. So obviously, I've been fine in that particular. And then I, then later on, I bought some Carnival when they were when they were down and stuff. So you know, I'm not looking bad. But but the weird thing was, I was going up to Liam and and um, uh, Merrin and, and and telling them this, and they probably thought, oh my god, why is this stupid twat who knows nothing about investments telling us this boring shit? I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they maybe they didn't even notice. But I did. I did actually tell them. So, but the thing I wanted to tell what, you about what was Marks their reaction? Spencer, indifference. 
um okay. you know like like let's talk about something else or it, okay. they, they didn't go they didn't go oh yeah do you think so well that's really interesting james thanks for no they didn't they didn't react yeah. like that at all i mean well, I, you've I'm done all right with your gold it, but... you've, you've had a good uh, run with your gold anyway so yeah it's all right it's all right i i, I lost a bit though um when it when it dropped do you remember when it should have gone up it dropped um in and, yeah it always does initially to... it always does when the when the next initial ah. panic happens it always sells off with the market and then it, it always Bastards. rebounds sooner and more because there's a the, you get a yeah, liquidation well, I, crisis so everyone sells everything yeah i got yeah i got caught on the liquidation crisis and oh, well. uh, that was expensive so oh, but but uh, but yeah i'm still up but your thought i, I wanted to confess to you um, a, a, a guilty thing that that yeah. came to mind when you were telling me about Marks and Spencers. So at Christmas, my, my mummy always always buys me stuff from Marks and Spencers. Do you want some more pajamas, darling? Or shall I get you some Winciet pajamas? Shall I get you? No, mummy, I've got enough Winciet pajamas. Well, can I buy you a nice shirt? I bought Dick a nice shirt. So mummy goes and buys me a nice shirt, and oh, what she thinks is a nice shirt, and it's and it's brushed cotton, and and wife looks at it looks at it and says that's an old man's shirt you're not going to wear that you're never going to wear that and 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 she says you've got to take it back and so i i kept putting off and putting off and putting off taking it back and by the time i did take it back it was in the in the it, the sales had started so that the, the the shirt had plummeted in value from whatever it was 35 quid <laughs> to kind of about 5p so I had a word with the guy behind the counter and the guy was, he was, he was very helpful. He said, don't worry, I'm sure we can exchange it, you know, just like, like we'll, we'll sort you out. So I then, I then went round the clothing section and had exactly your experience. There was nothing, there was nothing in the shop that I wanted to exchange it for. Now that, that really shouldn't be the case with a, with a, with a clothing shop. I mean, there should have been something there that no, I could the, have. But the point about Mark's suspenses is you buy really nice stuff in there. And you and it appeals to middle-aged people, and that's one of the yeah. signs of that. There was a guy who used to do an act. Part of his act was about growing um, middle-aged, and one of his jokes was, "You buy something from Marks and Spencers, and you go, oh, this is nice,' and it's supposed mm. to have that effect on on middle-aged people who thought they were cool. You buy something, you go, oh, this is nice, and it is nice, but it it, it isn't at the moment. They've lost it. Yeah, they have. It's it's, and that should have been your investment investment yeah. triggering moment shouldn't it well it should have been that's the sign yeah, yeah yeah so um what have you moved on to um on to uh thingy yet um parlay or parlay yeah, I, I, open, I, open I open an account or... i don't know parlay i guess parlay but um um i i opened an account yesterday and uh and i did one post which was to my i am a white man and i'm sorry song um and I'm following Rand Paul and Zero Hedge. <laughs> yes. And that's, but that, well, that's who it suggested. And, and that's, I couldn't find any of the sort of ring. Everyone said they were leaving it, but I couldn't find any of them. I think it's quite hard. It's like, it's like going to a new school and everyone's a bit uncertain. You know, who do you, who do you pal up with? Who do you, you know, where's the cool gang? Uh, yeah. Where's the, where's the science block? Where's, where's your house? You just don't know. I think you have to accept that there's going to be a, a, a sort of teething phase where you come to grips. Well, especially yeah. if you're like me and, you know, fuck all about technology. So you're coming to grips with this new this new system. 
I mean, some people some people are complaining that it's a complete dog that 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 its functionality or some technical term is is not very good. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know. Well, but the problem it's with nice Twitter being is in a it's place. Really good. I mean, it's just yeah, the, but that's, that's the, the thing. The left it's so addictive. Yeah, the left has got the left has got all the all the trickery, hasn't it? it I suppose it's the devil has all the best tunes. It's a yeah, bit like I mean, in know. twenty, I remember talking to you actually, 2015, 2016, and you were moaning about the way everything was going, uh, and, and I was saying, no, it's all going to be uh, okay. Me. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you at all, and uh, and I was in a very positive uh, frame of mind at the time, you, saying, no, it's going to be okay. <laughs> saying because of bitcoin and i was saying you know we're going to have decentralized youtube and we're going to have decentralized twitter and decentralized facebook yeah, and yeah. if they want to come and censor it there's nothing they can do and like they've sort of half got it right but they just haven't made it work yet and the problem is is you need you know a guy at the top who tells everyone what to do and paying huge salaries to people like you know whoever the coders are and so on to make the stuff as good as it is and so, mm. you know, it hasn't decentralized social media hasn't happened in the way that that that's not to say it can't happen. But but we you know, if 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 we're going to win this culture war, we need decentralized social media. And it's we're not there yet. Right. Um, I mean, well, the technology mean? might. Ex well, the, the whole point about Bitcoin is, that it, is there's no central body. There's not a central bank, a central Bitcoin bank that you can close down. So. All the um, previous attempts at alternative money have, have closed down because there was a central point of failure. So there was one called DigiCash that was run by these two guys whose names I've forgotten. Um, uh, sorry, DigiGold. And, you know, the feds got them and arrested them and closed it down. And, and, and they were doing it because all every, loads of money launderers were, were, were money laundering through DigiGold. And there was another one called DigiCash run by a guy called David Chaum. And they all closed down because it's easy to find the guy who runs it and the central office and close it down. You can't close down Bitcoin because there's no central office. There's no single guy in charge. It's what's called a distributed network. It's run by all the computers mm. around the world that are competing to mine it. So it's on three, four, five thousand different computers around the world. You just can't shut it down. You can make it illegal, but you can't shut it down. And that's what's so wonderful about it. And the same principle was it was argued you know blockchain technology distributed distributed ledger technology whatever you want to call it um would happen in social media so there wouldn't be a central like i can remember going to listen to an interview with michael gove about three years ago and he was going what we have to do is we have to treat facebook as a publisher and then once we have it's established that facebook is a publisher then we can start regulating facebook and i remember putting you know one i didn't actually but just thinking aha you don't know what's coming with with decentralized social media you won't be able to do it but 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 facebook meanwhile is is desperate to ingratiate itself with which whoever the political leaders are this always happens as a breakthrough technology then they 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 take the side of the politics that's one of the reasons they've hired nick clog clegg to nick clog <laughs> to, to lobby governments on their behalf you know whatever what greater lobbyer is there than nick clegg you know he's just Ooze, lives and breathes and oozes crony capitalism and um yeah, yeah you know there was no there's no greater personification of crony capitalism than nick clegg and um except possibly mark zuckerberg but anyway they they you know so they get the governments on side and they promise to regulate all the things so all the you know because mm. 
it, the, the issue with Katie Hopkins and, and Tommy Robinson and all these people is, is not the free speech issue that the, or the censorship issue. It's that they are politically dangerous. They are spreading, you know, stuff that, that, that political people in the, on the centre of politics are scared of. And so if they can control, if the governments can control Facebook and Twitter, which in due course uh, will then control, you know, t Tommy Robinson and, and, and uh, Katie Hopkins, then they've got control. And, you know, it's just so vital. One of the reasons that, that we've got this kind of revolution going on is that they lost control of the media. And, and you know, these uh, political opponents were air free speech. I can remember when we first became mates about you know, four or five years ago, I was terrified of like retweeting anything by James Dellingpole in case, you, you know, it, it stopped me getting work or anything like that. You know, you were such a, a, a toxic brand, James. <laughs> and, and, I, and I had no you, idea. But the, you know, I, I got over myself fairly quickly. But, you, you know, people, you were this, you know, nutcase climate change denier, and, and all these kind of things. And, and so um, and it, it's only because you've been able to express yourself on your podcast and all the rest of it that you've kind of got and you built up a following that people realize that actually you're not the devil. You're a fairly sensible, intelligent bloke that wants well for the world. And so there's this. Do you see what I mean? And so it's really important if 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 this movement is to continue, that it can't be silenced. And, and we need the technology to do that. And the answer is this is one of the answers is decentralized distributed social media and at the moment the networks aren't there the technology might be there but there's a you know you need the network effect as well you know betamax was better than vhs but vhs won because it had the network effect and and you know we we had a network effect but we're you know that network effect gave got donald trump you know used facebook better than the opposition but they're trying to stop that happening this time around and so we've got to have keep that network effect going and well, is that going to happen? I mean, look, I bearing so. in mind your 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 prediction was rubbish in twenty sixteen. <laughs> you said it might have been. Yeah. It, it might not have been rubbish. It might have been early. Nostra crappers. <laughs> yeah. I I just listen, Nostra crappers. I I I agree with I agree with you. It'd be great if this this stuff is going to happen. I just worry. What what I think is going to happen is that we're just going to become more and more ghettoized i mean look at me look at look at what i've i'm where i'm going i'm going to i'm at the moment i'm on patreon yeah and i because i've had so many whiny people on our side saying oh i could never give money to patreon i'm certainly not going to sponsor you and i'm thinking well part of me thinks like like fuck off you know you know i mean do you have an apple computer they're really evil uh do you use google they're really evil do you use like almost everything is evil now almost ev everything you use even if you try and live off the grid you're, you're pretty much in thrall aren't you to silicon valley and the and the 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 woke the woke nazis of silicon valley somewhere on the line but anyway that's my, that's my little grumble over so I've, i'm on patreon i'm going to re revive my subscribe star account and what i'll probably end up doing is having my own dedicated account where you can pay the money to me direct so that you cut out the middleman so i'm not giving money to patreon and, it, and it's going to be like that there's going to be lots of the equivalent of the james dellingpole stroke dellingpod site all around the world those of us who've managed to acquire a, a fan base because there's nowhere else we can go because i mean like, well, they, like the, 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 main, say, the just, mainstream just, doesn't use me this is a nostradamus prediction like podcasting has been behind 
everything else. People, the, the mainstream have been slower to realize how effective podcasting is. You know, advertisers never realized, took them ages to realize how many people were listening to podcasts, you know, persuading yeah. people to start. I mean, I had this Virgin podcast. In fact, it was having you on the Virgin podcast that got, that got me sacked from the Virgin oh, podcast. Oh, mate. Because oh, they mate. had these two... Um, oh, schadenfreude, schadenfreude. Yeah, they had these two um, uh, climate change bods on. And, you know, the, they were so boring. And they actually, they were monks. And I'm going to stand up. One of them actually stood like that in his hands, like a fucking monk. And, yeah. um, you know, they had they the, you can see the, ha the halo. They're always they, doing that. You know what I mean? Like when they're doing their beads or whatever. And, um, oh, and they had, you could see the halos above their head. And I'm just like, oh, this is terrible. And it was around about the time when you had the, the story of you smoking weed with David Cameron come out. So I said, I'll get Denpol oh, yeah. on the podcast. He's good fun. I think it was coming on that podcast that encouraged you to start your own podcast, apart from anything else. Maybe. And anyway, and, and you came on and um, we talked for like 20 minutes about climate change and you gave all the various arguments to debunk, um, mm -hmm. you know, the idea that climate change is man-made. And then we went on to talk about smoking weed with David Cameron. And I thought, well, I, I, I thought in terms of the, the politics of Virgin, we can have, I can justify having you on because, you know, um, Branson's a big climate changer, despite the fact that he owns an airline. <laughs> yeah. No hypocrisy there. Anyway, no, no. but I thought it would balance out the fact because we we're talking about legalization of drugs, which is he, he's a big champion of. And anyway, some yeah. bloke called Graham Redfern, Australian um, he's you know, climate change. He's horrible. Yeah. And he just did this whole piece in The Guardian. Why is Richard Branson giving a platform to a climate change denier? And how they roll. Yeah, and there was a whole hoo-ha at Virgin, and I ended up losing the gig. And that was a classic case of a uh, witch hunt. You know, it's like excommunication was that was what that was. No platform. Yeah. What, and Because I'm just writing this article about all these medieval practices that, um, you know, we might look back at with a certain amount of perplexity and abhorrence. But in fact, they're still live mm. and, alive and well today. They just go under a different name. And the big one in medieval times was excommunication. It was a really powerful political weapon. You know, G Galileo was excommunicated for heresy <laughs> and cardinals mm. refused to look through his telescope and he was only exonerated. Galileo was only ex exonerated yeah. in 1992. <laughs> I mean, it's just extraordinary. He was, he was, a, he was a bad boy. <laughs> but he anyway, really so all this excommunication and, and you, you know, um, and the selling of indulgences is another big one. And, you know, and, um, you know, it was, a, it was the reaction to the selling of indulgences that brought us Protestantism and Martin Luther. And there was a huge um, peasants revolt in Central Europe. And I think, you know, we had our own peasants revolt, which we talked about last time I was on the programme here in England. And, and what's going on is, is, you know, the silent majority is, is revolting. This is we're going through our own modern day peasants revolt. And the worrying thing is, is that even though in both peasants revolt, the one in Europe and the one in Britain, the peasants were right and the change and they, they fought dead. for sort of came eventually. They were smeared, they were excommunicated, but most importantly of all, they lost. And and I'm really concerned, you know, and there's all the things that we're, do, that we're gonna lose this one. That's my concern. But there's so many other medieval practices that are, that are going on today. Selling of indulgences is like the great charity scandal. You know, like more than 50% of money donated to charity doesn't actually, just stays in the pockets of the charities, doesn't actually make it to the, to the cause. Yeah. You know, iconoclasm. I, I mean, how can iconoclasm be back? 
and and you know that's the tearing down of statues and so on and there's just one after the other medieval serfdom and and so yeah we we've gone medieval james Mm, yeah they've gone medieval on our ass definitely and but are we gonna win like are are we i think we're gonna lose unless we find another liberating technology you know another printing press decentralized printing press (laughs) we're we're gonna lose um, i don't really see how we're going to win bearing in mind there's always some twat like william Woolworth there just come forth with his sword and and kill um uh what, tyler. Was the peasant's result what tyler yeah, yeah yeah exactly it's going to be like the establishment will always look after itself and they've just the, the, you know who told what tyler was what tyler had this habit of snatching he'd get pissed and he'd go too far and he yeah. had this habit of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory right up to the point where he tried to get all matey with the king and was drunk. And that was the point when, um, you know, the mayor, uh, he, he got, he, he landed, he fell on his, he, he, he self-destructed basically because he went too so far. So basically, Tommy, you know, who's like, today's, you know, today's what, Tommy Robinson. Tommy Robinson. Because he just You're goes so too right. far. He can't help himself, can he? He can't help yeah. sort of even lashing Farage out. With his, sometimes. He, even Farage, he just, particularly earlier on, you were like, oh, don't say that. You were like, you were so right. You were right. You were right. But then he just says that one thing too far and, 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 and um, sort of loses some of the people he would otherwise have gained. But I think he, he's gone too far the other way now, though. I don't think he speaks truth to power enough. He's very he's very comfortable on on immigration, which is his kind of area. He's very comfortable on, you know, sort of Islam behaving badly. So he was very good on the on the killings we've just had in, in, in Reading and so on. He points out, you know, why have we got this jailbird? This jailbird asylum saying, what you know, what's he doing wandering around a park in wedding? That's fine. He was a bedwetter on COVID nineteen, and I'm sorry, but I I judge people but by their all round performance, not just being good in one particular area. <laughs> I, I, I want. I mean, I'm demanding. This is why I'm, we have I'm, government I'm, departments, James. I, I like to... strength in depth. Okay. Strength in depth for for for, well. for, for my team, but look. By the way, you know who's doing? Andrew Lawrence did a very good sketch uh, this morning. Brilliant. Being the police officer reporting um, about on the um, uh, 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 on the murder in Reading yesterday. And it's a really good sketch. I I thoroughly recommend you watch that one. No, uh, somebody tweeted or possibly parlayed satire is alive because it is. Hey, it's actually not, not not on not on mainstream media. It isn't. Do you know what's coming next? Like, you know, this thing of you give them like whatever you give them, whatever you give the sort they of want, they the want voracious more. left, it's never enough. And they always want more. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, exa- it is a Dengeld. That's exactly what it is. They always want more. And and the next one is reparations. And, you know, it's it's. The, the Oxford University and The Guardian and whoever else, it's always fine to apologise. It's, you know, it's fine to apologise for what happened before. And they think that's exonerated them. It hasn't. The next one coming is reparations. And, and let's see how contrite you really are then. But I bet you, you'll have some woke CEO who will pay the reparations out of the company money. And it'll be the shareholders, today's shareholders, who lose. And, and, and everyone will go, well, it's shareholders. Who cares about them? 
But if reparations are coming, short the Guardian, short all the companies that are going to end up paying reparations. Can you even short the Guardian? Isn't it? Isn't no, it it's not a listed. It's not a listed. No, exactly. Company. Otherwise, I'd be loving to short the Guardian. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you who's going to be. I put money on who's going to sell out first, and that is that utter, utter wanker, Paul Polman, the guy in charge of Unilever. Oh, okay. I don't runs know. Unilever. Absolute cuck of a of a surrender monkey just the worst kind of woke ceo um, what did unilever, unilever, unilever have of, um on uh what do they have to do with the slave trade i don't know but he'll invent it just so he can virtue signal by, by paying out to, to, to various <laughs> causes so unilever my, my um, other half's read oh does it my other half's yeah. reading this book it's um why i don't talk to white people anymore and and right. and then Sounds and fun. from there That's light, light yeah read. well it's it, it, apparently they're trying to get it onto the um it's like the best-selling book on amazon and they're trying to get it on the curriculum and and from there there's a it's, there's a list of a hundred things uh what's it called oh i can't i can't go i can't be I can't, it's a hundred things white people shouldn't do or something like that it's called and um but one of the areas that apparently yeah, white yeah. people are um, unconsciously persecuting black people by, and perhaps Unconscious is guilty. Yeah, no, yeah. it's white. It's flesh, white flesh-coloured plasters. Uh, why are plasters white flesh-coloured and not, you know, black flesh-coloured? Do you know what I mean? Um, you know how plasters tend to be that sort of. I. Beige? You know why? What? Because we don't care about black people getting hurt. We don't care about the injuries. Mm -hmm. We just like. We just think that they, we think they're slaves, Dom. But we do you, do. Get, we just, do you uh, get black plasters now, black or you know dark brown plasters? Do they exist? Like maybe, in different shades according you to your ethnicity. But that that <laughs> is a that is a, um, and I can see why. Like, you know, if you're a black guy and you can't, you can only buy white flesh coloured plasters. <laughs> I can see why it would piss you off. I genuinely can, particularly as a kid. But this is a big. It's a big issue for some people. I so don't maybe you think my skin is that. My skin is not plaster cover coloured. It's it's that it's that sort of putty pasty pasty colour yeah. that that uh, you know I I don't have skin that colour. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I think it's just like it's grievance seeking, isn't it? It's 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 trying to make something out of nothing. I mean, you, I imagine that when plaster just let's just let's invented. just discuss. I, I, there is a lot of making something out of nothing going on for sure, mm. and grievance seeking. But the but I'm just thinking about the plaster issue and I can see why um, why it would piss black people off. Can you not see why it would, particularly kids? No, no, I okay. would. No, I think it's absolutely okay. bullshit. But, but uh, no, anyway, I... if, if it did, then some entrepreneur should have come along and made, you know, black flesh colored plasters. You know, there, was a, there was an there was an opportunity there. Now, the solution shouldn't be to harangue whoever makes whatever elastoplaster, whoever it is, for the wrong things. Yeah. If the solution is, is find a solution in the marketplace and invent the, the, the plaster, the, the woke plaster, and sell that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Look, there's, um, I was reading a very interesting uh, book review in The Spectator yeah. by Lynn Barber about this book that's just come out about these ultra-rich nightclubs. Do you know about these? No. Where you, where they basically recruit these 
supermodel types type women to come and just serve the drinks and take what if your table spends like a hundred thousand pounds on crystal or whatever the the spot the dj stops his set and shines the spotlight on you and said dominic frisbee and james dellingpole's table has just spent a hundred grand on on whatever i said um and and we're gonna yeah. have to hope mark suspense goes up a lot yeah but anyway so um it will it'll happen mate don't worry you be patient <laughs> you hold hodl that's what they say it's, oh, gonna, be, my it's, gonna, be, it's gonna be the new bitcoin it's i called coronavirus you know like so i saw it coming. oh in fact just brief digression i i generally trust jim mellon's um you know, instincts for the markets and stuff. He's, he, I mean, he's been solid on, on gold and stuff. But the bad tip I got from him, and not just him, but various others, and this was about a few years ago, and it's and it's been shit throughout. They were all saying, buy Lloyd's Bank. Lloyd's Bank has been absolutely rubbish. And even when I, even when I bought my shares in Lloyd's Bank, I thought, what's the rationale here? I don't think that, oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I was admittedly in disintermediation mode. I was admittedly thinking that blockchain was going to transform things and that was going to be, yeah. you know, the banking sector was going to be obliterated. But, but even, even allowing for that bias, I just couldn't, I couldn't see any rationale for law. And, and I, I would have been proved right. Lloyd's has done absolutely sod all. I mean, I hate yeah. shares that do nothing. It's just yeah, so boring, boring, isn't it? Yeah, they are boring. I mean, part of it is the exhilaration of them going up and the exasperation of them going down. I mean, but yeah, I, I don't own any banks. I, I bought Standard Chartered and then I sold it. But the, the um, like, they have cleared themselves up. They have cleared up their balance sheets and they're much less risk averse. But I mean, the industry is being so disrupted. I mean, I suppose you could make the case for buying them. I'd have to look, do a bit of homework before I can comment. So anyway, God, tell, tell, finish I've, telling uh, us me about this. Uh, uh, yes, this, uh, yes. So, okay. So, so they these clubs have these um, these guys who talent spot really hot girls to come into this club and just just be present until three a.m. They get free food, free whatever, free drink. They're just there so that the gazillionaires like you and me can just have a really good time. Uh, not not sex, just just eye candy to look at. Yeah. Who are the people to who recruit these girls? Who do you think has the most success? Uh, and, and obviously, the recruiters get paid a decent whack. Do you think they're white or do you think they're black? Uh, well, I'm going to guess that they're black. I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you've got for some reason. Why is that? Why is they, that, that they're black? They they swing. I suppose black blacks are better at hustling. Better at they have an, an image thing that's going on. You know that that kind of. You know, well, apparently one of the reasons given was this is this is quite amusing. Um, they said that the girls are drawn to black people because they think they're more likely to be able to score drugs for them. Um, and I suppose that that's the thing. There, there are ups and downs. There are there are positives and negatives to to what you might call black you know there's the hip-hop thing and there's the there's the 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 bling and the crystal and the, and the we all kind of want on some level to be black don't we i mean whitey that's that's part of the thing behind black lives matter i think all these kind of these these upper middle class uh uni kids they they kind of feel shit about being white they'd really like to be black and so what could be better than parading their virtue on the streets by showing that, mm. that i suppose what i'm saying is that that 
if there is racism in, in, in contemporary culture, it's almost the other way around. It is a kind of inbuilt anti-whiteness. So we're, 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 we're not, not me particularly, but generally white people are encouraged to feel guilty about themselves. And there is a, there is a mystique and cachet in being black. You can, you can make it work for you really well. You can, you certainly can. Um, there's, there's a long tradition of, of young white men, particularly middle-class and upper-class, loving black music and therefore things black. So, you know, blues, whether it's blues, jazz, and then funk and soul in the 70s and 80s, and then, you know, hip hop from sort of mid, early 90s onwards, I guess. Um, you know, and you know, the biggest buyers of hip hop and, and probably grime here in the UK are white people. You know, of course they are. The, that is of the market. And, you know, so, and, and, and it's it's I don't think it's white people buying it because they're, they're buying because they think it's cool. And, it, and in many cases, yeah. it is cool. Um, but I don't think they're buying it to be cool. They're buying it because it is cool. And, you know, black music's great. But the the or some of it, but the some of it's not Stevie yeah. Wonder. I bloody hate Stevie Wonder. He's just so shit. Happy birthday to you. Happy <laughs> birthday. No, go away. Still yeah, away. you know the real model of all those guys. When people go, who was the greatest? And some people say Stevie Wonder, and some Marvin Gaye, and some Michael Jackson. Um, for me, it's Bill Withers, and you know he wrote four or five brilliant, positive songs. And then he oh, don't just say that. Don't say that. Don't say positive. I hate that bloody word. And that's a way well, I like Bill Withers. I can praise him without using that word positive. What are you, what are you playing at? Are you trying to, he wasn't, are you about he to come and virtue signaling? No, no, I'm not virtue signaling. Writing positive songs is hard. Oh, I he see what you mean. Moan. No, okay. He didn't moan. He didn't. You know, he, 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 there was none of, you know, they weren't political. It was, you know, grandma's hands, lovely day, just the two of us. And, you know, when oh, I, I wake know, up I in the morning light and the sunlight hits, they were just made you happy to be alive songs. Do you know what and they're he like? sung them beautifully. And but he's never listed. And then the thing that Bill Withers did, he stopped before he got shit. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He stopped. No, I do agree with you, actually. Um, I, I, despite having bitten your head off about that, that word you use, actually, I do kind of agree with you because what Bill Withers does, it's the kind of music when you've got a new girlfriend and you've woken up in bed with her on Sunday morning and it's a lovely day outside and you wonder and you go and sit in a cafe because uh, it's Sunday and, you, and you, the life's, your life's before you and you've probably got sex in the afternoon. It's great. You feel good. And he captures that right. He, 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 it's, it's great. Um, but I do like I do like I do like dark music as well. I don't I, I tell you what I don't like. I didn't like kind of consciousness raising happy hip hop. I didn't like kind of De La Soul or anything like that. That really no, I never really music. got it. I kind of like I like sort of badass rap music with with lots of you know bitches and hoes and gats and and that kind of stuff and and yeah. good Dre. I just, Dr. Dre I just I like. think I just think hip hop should have stopped with Grandmaster from Melly Mel because they were just so good. You know, uh, the, no, the message is you brilliant. See, you're, you're, you're too London, and mate. You're too London. Maybe. And you went to St Paul's, for fuck's sake. You, you, that's yeah. the problem about you you London kids. You kind of think the world stops about the time you were in London when you were at school being educated. Uh, you were, probably, that's you probably were what it is. Yeah, I, I, it's why I hate, 
I hate wets, as we call old Westminster people. And I hate, what, what do you call, not Paulinas, Paulinos? Paul, Paulines, Paulines. Paulines. When we, used, when we, we in the old boys football league, the, the, they would, uh, the opposing teams at the end, they'd go three cheers for old Paulines. And they thought that was really funny to call us Paulines. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Now, can I, let me just finish my rant about why I hate, yeah. I mean, obviously I hate Wickham more. Um, yeah. But the reason I hate Westminster kids and, and St. Paul's kids. I mean, I, you know, obviously some of them are quite nice. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I quite like you despite it's kind of love across the divide, isn't it? You know, you're a Montague, I'm a Capulet, but I can nevertheless accept that. Anyway, the reason I hate Paulines and Westminster people is that it's a bit like it's a bit like people who've had a really good war. In, you know, you were in World War Two. You saw action and you realised that your life's never going to be the same again. And in the same way, I remember hearing a Westminster person talking about what it's like in Westminster. And you, you're kind of your school is right next to Westminster Abbey. And there are all these tourists gawping at you. And you've got this tremendous intellectual arrogance and superiority. I mean, Giles Corrin is a, is a classic kind of, you know victim of this of this particular syndrome he thinks he's the bollocks and it's all down to the fact that he went to Westminster and um but when they came up to Oxford or wherever they were always so full of themselves they were all so they all they knew all the hip-hop moves they knew all the music they knew all the clubs they'd done everything that they could do in life already and so by the time they came to university they were bored they were oh they were it was over they were too school for too too cool for school Right, end of my rant. Yeah, I think there might be something to that. I know uh, when I got to university, I, only, I wasn't clever enough to go to Oxford. I only got into Manchester. But the, um, we were definitely, like, ahead of everyone else. And it was just by virtue of the fact that we'd been in the middle of London through our teenage years. Like we um, used to, there was I this nightclub. We used, to go to, we used to go to this nightclub called Rock Sands in, um, yeah. just off the Gloucester Road. And, yeah. you know, Guy Ritchie used to go there. Matthew Vaughan used to go there. Tamara Beckwith, Amanda Decadne. Yeah. All these, you yes. know, it guys, Mini Driver, all that crowd. It was all part of our kind of little set. Yes. And we used to go and hang out in the, there was a, a an arcade in Kensington Market. And we used to hang out in the arcade and, and you know, score weed, go up to All Saints Road and score weed. And, you know, we just thought we were so fucking hard. And we probably, yes. yeah, we probably would <laughs> you were, you look what you some of those guys have gone on them. to done. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, like Shane McGowan, Mika, um, Gideon Osborne. They've all, <laughs> they've all done very well for themselves. It's but God, it's quite niche, isn't it? This part of our conversation. Do you know I mean, I wonder how many yeah, kind of people care about public schools. Yeah, but yeah, but that that's part of the you know part of the charm. You know, Can you, you don't know where out? they're going to go. No, okay. I never edit stuff out. Oh, okay. I mean, if you said something libelous, I don't know what. Even then, I probably wouldn't let it edit out because I get the Schadenfreude of watching you get. Scared. Do you do you look at what is? Do you look at the um, you know, demographics of your listener? I know you. I, is it no. is it mostly blokes? Is it mostly women? Is it mostly people of a certain age? Is it in cities in the countryside? Do you know any, any of that stuff? They, I I do know one thing they all have in common. They're incredibly discerning. They've got really, really, really good taste. Um, more than that, I I cannot say. I you build actually, up, I get emailed. You've got surprising like there's quite a few voiceovers, you know, which is 
an industry I work in a lot. It's quite an entrepreneurial side of acting. A lot of people who can't be bothered to go around being a victim actor start doing voiceovers, you know, because you have a slightly more control of your own destiny. You get better treated and so on. And it's, you know, it's well paid or it used to be. It's the, the arse has fallen out of the industry now. So you get a certain certain type of um, actor that goes on to do voiceovers. And you have quite a few guys who do a lot of voiceovers have listened to my interviews with you. So you've got quite a big following in, in the voiceover industry. And a lot of comedians right. are slowly, <laughs> a, lo a, lo a lot of comics previously, you know, very lefty types are slowly being, is it red-pilled or blue-pilled? Which is the one? Yeah, red, red, what, it's red, red pilled. pilled They're slowly being red-pilled and, and, you know, listening to your stuff. And you just see more and more, you know, gradually coming out. So it's, it's definitely, your podcast is working. You're building up your following. Well, long may, long may continue. I tell you the problem about, about that, and somebody, sympathetic people have pointed this out to me, that, okay, so you can establish your Patreon and you can build it up, up to a point. But how do you, how do you advertise your wares when increasingly, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some evil algorithms on, on YouTube and elsewhere, which, which kind of ah, damped this is down what, the traffic of my... This is, this is what I meant to say. Sorry, James. It's been such a disjointed conversation. Podcasting, yeah. people were slow to come to podcasting. And so equally, the regulation and the censorship of podcasting is behind where it is on Twitter and, uh, and YouTube and elsewhere. And that, it's also partly mm. to do with the fact that analysing a podcast conversation as opposed to the written word you it's much harder to do with algo bots and things like that because you know oh. the, the the technology because people have to listen to the whole podcast for a start rather than just yeah. look for keywords in, in an article or something so it's uh, it's just hitler, slightly hitler. more cum <laughs> but it's slightly more cumbersome <laughs> to regulate so you will find there is still more free speech in podcasting than there is in other forms of of social media but the, be sure, rest assured, the the clamp down on the regulation, the censorship of podcasting will follow. That's probably a few oh years away. So watch it. Yeah, you, 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 there'll be some bot that can go through all your old interviews and find some horrendous thing that you said, you know, three years ago, and it will be held against you. And and because this no. podcast is your podcast, and you pretty much say whatever you like uh, without having to to worry about what your employer thinks. Um, you know, I just want you to know that <laughs> hell awaits. The, the good times are about to end. Well, These are so the good times. Where, where can we flee to? Because I think I worry that this country is over. I mean, look, do, do you not agree with me that I'm sure you do that Boris Johnson has really shit the oh. bed in, in, in a major way uh, and, and that there's nobody in his cabinet which is up. I mean, who is there? Who is there? Okay, maybe Rishi Sunak. He, uh, I don't know. But I just this government has been like, so bad on every level. Pathetic. Well, I, I, I think that it was said that there are only two people in the Conservative Party that can make anything happen, that have the competence, the whatever, to make stuff happen. And those two people are your mate Michael Gove and Steve Baker. Yeah. Now, I don't know why, but because of something that happened in the leave. Like, remember how Steve Baker did so many clever little things that went unnoticed in that leave campaign? Yeah. Perda, Perda being a huge blow, uh, you, you know, for leavers. 
Um, but for some reason, Gove and Baker, I don't know what it is. If they fell out, maybe you can ask Michael Gove. They don't like each other. And you were like, when, when uh, Boris, and, and I gather, um, because a mutual friend of ours, um, hang on a minute, my phone's going. Uh, a mutual friend of ours films, uh, filmed Boris's interviews during the election campaign. And yeah. Boris loves Steve. And w w we call Steve Baker Aragorn. He is Aragorn. You know, he's, the, he's yes. got the, the sword of Elendir or whatever it is. And he's the one guy that's going to save us. But basically, at some point, um, and Cummings doesn't like Baker either. And remember, right. Baker came out a couple of weeks ago saying Cummings should resign on the whole going up north thing. He, he was did. Quite, he was quite vociferous about it. And I think he was right, actually, because not because Cummings should resign because of whether he, what he did was illegal or not but because he's costing the Conservatives so much in terms of political capital. And, you know, they were so popular and supported when they were elected. And it's just being eroded all the time. And it's they're just mm -hmm. like a it's not just one headless chicken. It's a whole herd of <laughs> a whole oh, herd of chickens. Yeah. Yeah. They don't go in herds, but whatever they go in. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> anyway. And so, yeah, he's been a massive disappointment, Boris. But I kind of say I saw it coming because I think he's just one of these guys that says whatever people want to hear. Um, and maybe he's, he's like lost me. it because he's... <laughs> so, but like, and Baker got offered a real like stupid, you know, like Brexit vice secretary or something yeah. when the whole Brexit negotiations were going to be handled. So he turned it down. And, but, you know, maybe he's the one guy who can, because he's, I gather he's well-liked by MPs. He's popular. They like him because he's honest, he's trustworthy, he says what he's going to do. But Gove and Cummings and Baker, there's a, there's a gap there. But, but yeah, I agree. But we need Baker in a, you know, Chancellor or something. But, but I mean, I just don't like, I don't like what's going on at all. They just have got no, no balls. They've got no, like, it's it, Thatcher used to talk about first principles or Reagan. One of them talked about first principles. So that when you're not sure what decision to make, you've got to have a philosophy that you fall back on. And that philosophy will be your guide. This is why religion in previous ages was such a useful thing to have, because you had your faith and your your first principles. And that could be your guide. And it would help you make decisions when you weren't sure what to do. And, you know, philosophy serves the same purpose. And. This government and May's government before it and probably the entire civil service, maybe not the entire civil service, because that has its own philosophy, which is itself. But the, the politicians who are supposed to tell them what to do are bereft of philosophy. And until we and, and it, the problem is, is they're scared of uttering their philosophy because they're scared of the left. They're scared of the media. They're scared of Twitter mobs. They're and so they pander. But until we have someone who has a clear philosophy and doesn't pander. We are doomed. Um, in that case, because I don't think there is any, I, I don't think Aragorn's going to come forward. Uh, and, 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 we, and where is Legolas? And where is Gimli the dwarf, for God's sake? We need Gimli as well, not to mention we hobbits. Gimli is. We um, need them all. What's his name? Uh, uh, what's his name? The Brexit guy? The, uh, the really short guy who made all the powerful speeches about Churchill during Brexit. Uh, the, the Tory MP. Mark, Mark, um, oh, reckless, no, Mark, um, with a French sounding name, yeah, Mark, yeah, Dupont. And he's, he, he, no, 
Le, Le anyway, Claire. every single um, person listening to this program knows the name that neither of us can I know. recall. But I know. Him. And, and do you know what's going to happen? What, what, what I find is it's the day of the release. I get all these kind of things on Twitter or on Parlay now saying, you know, Mark, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it a mar isn't it a marvelous thing alzheimer's uh so anyway mark francois mark francois Thank i'm going to save them the effort mark, mark francois, francois. <laughs> yeah he probably he's gimli the dwarf although of course he's not as sound as the real gimli the dwarf john reese john reese davis who's right, really, really sound, sound. Oh, yeah. really sound Oh, yeah. I mean, you can imagine what happened after what happened to his family in the mines of Moria. He's not going to take any shit from. from <laughs> he was also from, uh, the. Um, and stuff. He was also the voice of the Ent. Was uh, he? But, yeah. So he's double sound because the Ent is a sound character. Uh, yeah, no, we like the Ents. Okay. Treebeard. So, um, Treebeard. By the way, Treebeard. by the way, um, you know how, like, sound, the word sound is like the right wing. Or the the libertarian equivalent of woke like you know the, the word woke was used if somebody was woke or somebody was right on or somebody was politically correct and then those terms became laughing stock kind of names you know woke's become a, 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 a like hipster it's a sort of mockery name and but but the libertarian equivalent is sound some or the classical liberal you know that person is sound and i was saying to my friend what, at what point does do, does the sort of authoritarian left start taking the piss out of the libertarians for you for for being yeah. sound and he said that point will never come because they don't know that we use that word which i found was quite interesting that's that's interesting um i went shooting with um with tom parker bowles obviously before the lockdown well obviously it was in season for one thing and i was very interested to hear him using the word sound in the sense of people who voted for remain so in his circle, I know, I know it was weird. It was really weird. And I, I love, Tom is great, by the way. I mean, he's really, he's, he's like totally like one of us, apart from the fact that he was Remainer scum. Um, and, 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 and because I don't think he's ever met anyone who voted, who voted for leave. Anyway, like, that's just an interesting tidbit. But it's, I was a, gonna it's a good way of, it's your way of saying, it's a code word sound. You can kind of go, is he sound? And it's like, yeah, okay, he's all right. Is he one of us, as, as yeah. Margaret used to say? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, mate, where are we going to fly to? I mean, I was thinking maybe, I was thinking Switzerland. Has Switzerland got any associations with the, with the slave trade? I suspect not. So while the rest of the world is bankrupting itself, <laughs> having sort of scholarships for Stormzy-type scholarships for, for ghetto kids, um, I can't imagine that Switzerland has anything to it's just going to get richer isn't it switzerland always wins okay but so switzerland. so yeah but like i don't know what it is about switzerland like apart from the fact that every time i go there every time i buy even like a pizza in geneva airport i may as well be buying you know it's like buying caviar in fornham and mason it's so expensive your eyes bleed every time we we did this <laughs> this sound this is such a stupid public schoolboy trick to do but we mm -hmm. um we, we were in this uh we were doing this 48 hour skiing challenge a couple of years ago and there were four of us and we decided that we'd take it in turns one of us would buy lunch one of us would buy dinner one of us would buy lunch one of us would buy dinner and that would yeah and that way would even out 
And this one friend of ours is notoriously rich and notoriously stingy. And because of the yeah. route of the ski pass, lunch on the second day, we went across the border from France into Switzerland. And so we were paying Switzerland prices for lunch. Yeah. And we all engineered yeah. it so that he ended up having to buy that lunch, the lunch in Switzerland. <laughs> and and so was it, was it significant? It cost the ranch like three or four times as much. Fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, okay. anyway, coming back but, to Switzerland, it's so expensive. And there's something like, what is the identity of the Swiss? Who are the Swiss? Are they German? Are they French? Are they Italian? Have they got their own Swiss language? Um, you know, it's it's a weird kind of identityless zone. And, it, okay. you know, there's not a you don't think of a Sw in the way that you know that, you know, you think of most regions in Europe, certainly maybe not so much now because the whole thing's being diluted and movement of people and everything else. The sort of individual characteristics of people from particular areas is gone. But you do still get you know, somebody from the Basque country or a Catalan or a, somebody from the from Cannes or somebody from Paris and different re and certainly in the UK, you know, a, a Mancunian is different to a Londoner is different to a West country. You know, there's still some kind of regional characterization. But okay. what is the Swiss? Who is Switzerland? What are Swiss? Do they have an identity? I'd, I I'd be interested to know. I, I, don't, I don't I say I think... I'm asking that question with no authority. Um, here's the problem. I think that one has a choice between interesting and left wing or boring and right wing. You, you, you take America as your example. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's changed. It's changed now that every city in America has been transformed by the left into a literal shithole, you know, with all these kind of um, vagrants just pooing everywhere like they do in San Francisco and stuff. Um, and and Minneapolis. Uh, well, I don't know whether Minneapolis was going to be worth living in or not, but ever, ever. But uh, I would, when 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 you and I were in our say twenties and thirties, I looked across America and I thought, where would I want to live? And you, the places you want to live tended to be left wing places like New Orleans, uh, Athens, Georgia, because REM come from there. Um, uh, what Austin, Texas, you know, the, even even in conservative states, the groovy places to hang out tend to be quite liberal. Yeah. Uh, in those days, Seattle was probably, you know, Oregon was probably quite, I mean, no way you'd want to live in Oregon now. It's just kind of completely, completely lost to civilization. But uh, what I'm saying is that there is almost a, uh, a negative correlation between interestingness and and kind of soundness. Um, and so what you'd use, you'd use Switzerland as your as your redoubt. It would be like the it would be like your crack de chevalier, that it it would be your your redoubt in hostile territory. Well, no, no, it's not a good analogy because actually uh, you wouldn't consider Switzerland hostile territory. Switzerland would be your redoubt and you could sally forth into other parts of the world using its excellent airports. I mean, Zurich Airport, really nice. Yeah. Do you see okay, what I mean? But I tell you what, a bit like the the the. the the London equivalent of Switzerland is Fulham. Like, you know, Fulham, people moved to Fulham because it, it used to move to Fulham because they couldn't afford Chelsea. And once upon a time, Fulham was quite a white working class area, um, you know, maybe in the 70s and quite rough. And then people started moving there because, you know, they're basically moving down the King's Road. And and then, you know, lots and lots of public school boys who were either worked in the city, you know, it's called the dormitory of the city. And or, yeah. or they became, you know, there's lots of estate agents live in Fulham and it's it's become 
you know, it's quite a boring part of London. And so, you know... Um, oh, it's worse than boring. I, I would yeah. never, ever live in Fulham. That would be far worse than Switzerland. I used yeah. to live in Fulham. It was the first place I lived when I moved to London. And you were right. Um, you are right that, that, that even then there were working class enclaves uh, rubbing up against the kind of the, the Hooray Henrys and their Golf GTIs and stuff. But but Fulham is so boring. It's just like it's negative, isn't it? It's it's. Yeah. You, you wouldn't and want it's to got this. And it's, it's so kind of um, sanitized. And I think part of this is this thing of of, you know, I don't see the world between left and right because. Mm. A, a lot of artists and particularly young people, they tend to be left wing um, uh, and they vote, you know, Labour and, and you, you know, we, and you get more right wing as you get older. Um, but if you do that political compass thing and you've got to get a left, yeah. lot of left wingers to do the political compass, a lot of them lend, end up in the bottom left um, corner of the political compass, which is actually the libertarian left. It's not the authoritarian left. And so and they don't can't grasp their head around the fact that if we do not have an NHS, there is no health care for people. That's what they think. If we don't have state education, people aren't going to be educated. So they yeah. because the sort of the statists have presented the welfare state as as you know, anyone who doesn't agree with the welfare state is evil. They, they think they cannot get their heads around the fact that actually the NHS and the welfare state is in itself quite evil because it's preventing people having the best possible health care they can have. Um, you know, without means to get into a particular argument about the NHS, but people have confused being left wing and being, you know, there's a big difference between the authoritarian left, which is like even more scary than the authoritarian right, probably. And, yeah. and the libertarian left and, and if you actually quiz them and ask them specific questions and but they they just can't get their head around the fact that this, you you can still be left wing and be in favor of a smaller state. Do you see what I mean? So it's, yeah, yeah, sure, it's sure. the old thing of it's more it's more like authoritarian. And and so you do get this this left wing thing. You know, most comedians are good fun and most comedians are left wing. You know, so it's it's and, and you know, artists and they go into beaten up old rough areas and they start doing them up. But actually yeah, yeah. doing them up and making those areas groovy and, you know, turning Dalston into a hipster paradise and Hackney and so on. They're actually all being little Thatcherite entrepreneurial small businesses. So their behavior yeah, is quite entrepreneurial. Okay. Right. Even though they I think get they're all, of the left. I get all that. And I get your argument against Switzerland. But I think you're being slightly um, is naive the word I'm looking for. You're talking about the, the world that existed before coronavirus and before it all went to pop. Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, the, the world has completely changed. This discussion yes. would have been fine and, and, and almost relevant um, last year, but it's not anymore. I mean, the, the, look, uh, the barbarians are through the gates. So they we have are. to start making, yeah, we, we have we to start thinking seriously about like where make... to go. And Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Like the UK is so divided. Wouldn't it be wonderful if like every person that thought this just went to one half of the UK and every person that thought that go to the other half and whether we split it east, west, north or south, you know, however it gets split, everyone if, so that people can think of, and everyone can just move vote with their feet and then we can just divide the UK up. You know, my I've long been a champion of returning to the old Anglo-Saxon heptarchy and Cornwall 
wasn't even part of the heptarchy. It was a it was a nation. It was an independent thing in itself. And I'm I, you know I'd love just for Cornwall to break away and for me to be the first president of the independent state of Kerno. And you can come to Cornwall. It's beautiful. We're going to revamp Newquay Airport, and Newquay Airport is going to replace Heathrow and Zurich and Geneva as the main hub between the Americas and Asia. You know, new, the world is going to start. Newquay Airport is is going to be the next thing in my independent nation if you think of where Newquay is on the map all we've got to do is separate from the uk and elect me two small things yeah except mate i don't think cornwall has exactly covered itself in glory during this this lockdown all this all this kind of hatred directed towards the second homeowners who who, who bring it their bring yeah. them their revenue you, you know I, it, it's there's yeah, something really nasty about of, it. That's a symptom of stupid planning laws. You know, there's plenty of space oh. in Cornwall. What there isn't is 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 planning law to build. And the Cornish are actually really entrepreneurial. Like you go down there, is everyone is just using whatever they've got to try and make money. You know, on a per capita basis, Cornwall is the most depressed part of the UK, more so than bits of Scotland. You know, it's a, another area that had a mining industry that's just disappeared. And but, but it just doesn't have the same lobbying power uh, as the rest. It was like the last place in England to have a supermarket. It was like, even like, I've been going to Cornwall, perhaps when I was about 12 or 13, it still didn't have a supermarket outside Truro. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's it, but, but as a result, it's sort of stayed, there's a certain purity to it. I, 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 I can see, I can sympathise with their issue with second homes because it is a ghost town outside of summer you know all those beautiful resorts and you know places like um padstow and travaux and all that but there's also a hardcore entrepreneurial self-reliance there where you know somebody's got a bit of land what can we build with this bit of land i know i'm going to build a golf course except it's not going to be a golf course it's going to be a football golf course what a fantastic laugh for football golf courses somebody else builds a go-kart track you know other people are selling their jam selling their their meat selling their eggs everyone's there's so many small businesses there and and you know everyone's being really entrepreneurial there's still a cash economy you know keep it out of the hands of uh, of the state and all that so there is still a chance but we we need to liberate the planning laws which will be one of the first things i do after i um after uh, i sort out the new key airport issue <laughs> well you better bloody chop down the wind turbines because i'm not having there's loads oh of loads. my Get god they passes. hate them they hate them they're they? evil yeah they are a blot on a once beautiful landscape. I do not understand how landowners who allow wind turbines to be put on their 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 um, land and cause what what what's it called that the, the technical term where you you profit by something that causes massive mi- misery to all your surrounding people. There's a technical term, isn't there? Well, left wing um, would call that capitalism, but that's not what it is. It's crony capitalism. It's because of bloody subsidies. They do it because of the subsidies. That, that, that's, that's, a, that's a different thing. What's it called? Yeah, I know. Externalities. I'm, I'm saying that because I don't know what externalities. the word is. Externalities. Okay, okay. Ex- you, oh, I see. You're an experienced radio radio person, so you know about <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. Externalities. These, these, the the damage that they impose. It, it, it's quite quite wrong, and. One of the reasons that I get so angry about the corruption in our society, which is so in our system, which is so rank 
and has, has, inc- has increased recently um, is, is things like that, that, that people are profiting, uh, uh, the 1% are profiting at the expense of the 99% who have to live with the consequences of these bat-chomping, bird-slicing eco-crucifixes. And it's really, it's really annoying, and no one's writing about this. I mean, you know, you read the Telegraph business section, and it's all about how, yeah, wind turbines are really great, and you should have more of them. It's extraordinary. Even a conservative newspaper is promoting this evil shit. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the West of Wales. Can we go to the West of Wales? Anglesey. Can we just, like, colonise Anglesey? Beautiful. I Yeah, I think maybe the North, um, Northumberland or somewhere like that. Yeah. Or, you know, I think there's there, places like County Cumbria. Durham and they're, yeah, they're still sound. I think, I think they're okay. I don't know. Well, look, that's for that's for a, a further episode. I I think we should go um, because I don't know about you. I'm going to get in shit for having spent my Sunday afternoon, you know, not gardening like yeah. I meant to. But chatting can I to can you. I can I just promote something? Oh, you've got to. That's the whole bloody point. I wanted to get you on. Sorry, right. mate. Yeah, let's have a, a quick section on that. Tell okay. us about your thing. So I'm doing the, um, we're making a video of the National Anthem of Libertaria. And you can watch the National Anthem or, or listen to it on, on YouTube already. And yeah. the, the original plans that we had to make this video have been scuppered by Corona. So what we're trying to do now is do it by a virtual choir. So we need libertarians around the world to just video themselves singing the National Anthem of Libertaria. Um, the words are on YouTube or you can print them up on my website. Just film yourself singing it and send it in to me. Again, if you just go to dominicfrisbee.com slash blog, all the instructions are there. It looks like it's really complicated. It will take you 10 minutes. And we're going to do this huge virtual choir of libertarians around the world, you know, Eskimos, Kalahari tribesmen. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, on the beach, in the mountains, you know, just sing this song, old, young, fat thin white black just does not matter just sing sing the song and send us the video and this virtual choir is going to be amazing if we can get enough people you know sending us these videos um these videos of themselves singing the song that would be if you could get kalahari bushman speaking in their (laughs) special click language (laughs) but i may i think it's unlikely I, I, I really do. I, I, I just don't think they're going to do it. Um, well, I'm torn because you spelt it out to me yesterday and I'm torn between like can't be asked because it's like technology, you know, because apart from anything else, you've got to have another phone in the background playing the the, the Russian national anthem, which it's set to, isn't it? The libertarian yeah. national anthem is the Russian national anthem, but with better words. Yeah. And but. So to sing in the same at the right speed, you've got to have that thing. Yeah, you've got to sing along. You could s- either, yeah, you've got a video. You can, yeah, it's easier if you get somebody else to video you. So there's two of you. And one person videos you singing it and he, he plays it on his phone and films you on your phone. And then you just flip. That's the easiest way to do it, to do it in, in pairs or in groups. But, yeah, you've got to have one device to play the song and another device to film it on. Right. Um, it yes, involves it's a bit like fear it and greed. Yeah. It's dumb. It, it, it is like that sort of fear and greed dichotomy whereby on the one hand, I can't be asked, But on the other yeah. hand, I know I'm going to hate myself if I see lots of little faces all and singing your libertarian national anthem. And I'm not one of them. 
It's yeah, really, really hard. Famous so people. thanks for giving me that dilemma. Shoulders with, you'll be rubbing shoulders with the bloke who plays Gimli in The Two Towers, um, with Ricky Gervais, all these famous libertarians. I presume Ricky Gervais is libertarian. He, I think he probably is, even if he doesn't realise it. And um, Is he doing you know, it? Has he said yes? I haven't asked Has him. Has he said yes? No, no, because you know he's going to say no. He's just not <laughs> going to do it. Who's, who's actually the most famous person you know that you could call up now? And ask to do you know, it? Say, yeah. Probably of the comedians, I probably in the world of sports, I could I could ask David Hay to do it. Um, Who's he? You know the never the heard bo- of boxer. He was heavyweight world champion boxer. Was he? Yeah. He could have made that up for all I know. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> that's a real. That's not a name drop. That's a that's a mic drop. Yeah. Isn't it? Like like like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the opposite of who's the most famous person you know and and uh and yeah. like who i could ask to do it you obviously yeah. in, in in broadcasting um yeah right you know now you're blowing smoke ask? up my, my bottom uh i mean uh, I, you must I, know I some famous it, people yeah i know oh. loads of no famous people but I, I wouldn't ask them to do it i suppose i could ask jimmy um, carr about, or mickey flanagan or or, or uh um Tim Taylor Vine Swift. or Lee Mack. No, I don't know Taylor Swift. I could Taylor ask this but they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. Um, I'll tell you who's famous who you could ask. Um, Kanye West. He's famous. Why don't you try him? Ah, that would be brilliant. That would be Can, brilliant. If you've got Kanye West and, and Kim Kardashian. He's pretty libertarian, Kanye, isn't he? I kind of get that vibe. Or is he just slightly. contrarian? Is he just contrarian? No, no, no. I think, he, I think Kanye is one of us. Uh, I tell you, you, what you should watch is that David Letterman interview with him. Okay. I, I was very anti-Kanye because of his shit performance at Glastonbury one year, which I won't bore you with now. It was really bad. But when I watched the, the, the Letterman interview, I, I totally swung round. I think, he's, I think he's good. Okay. I think he's chaotic good. If you were, if you were your dungeon, yeah, 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 good, character. good, uh, good call. Chao- Maybe chaotic news. Chaotic. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What, what, am I? what, what, what would am I be? I? What alignment? You're lawful good. You you am want I? to be you want to be chaotic good, but you're lawful good. Well, is that well, isn't something like somebody? Isn't somebody like Tim Montgomery lawful good? Somebody no, really he's kind lawful of neutral. Good. Oh, yeah, no, he's a lawful wet blanket. Yeah. Okay. You're a paladin, James. I am a paladin. I always wanted to. I did and, want to be a paladin because you and get. Paladins you've got can only be powers. lawful good. Is that right? God, it's, it's a while since I played. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to love Dungeons and Dragons. And if I could. If I could. Ideally, how would I make. Can, can I. Put your your video on the end of this so people hear your latest song or or, or see it. Oh can, yeah, can yeah, I... I can send it to you and you can just t- shit it on, stick it on the end if you want. But then you might end up having to pay me all the advertising revenue from the song. <laughs> Is that how it works? I think so. I'm not sure. I don't know how. Oh you... God, anyway, yeah. I, 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 I can I, tell I, you, I've, that song's had um, like seventy seven thousand views, and I've put adverts on it. And from seventy seven thousand views in a week, which is very good for me. Um, I've earned 152 pounds. Now, imagine if I'd sold 77,000 tickets or 77,000 singles or something like that. 
you'd earn so much money, but 152 pounds from 77,000. How can that be right? Imagine if you'd been paid in Bitcoin, 77,000 Bitcoin. Yeah. That would be good, wouldn't it? Even 77,000 Satoshis would be good, but anyway. Yeah. Um, So it's always good to ramble with you. Um, Oh, I know what I must say. Um, I do feel today was a bit rambly. It wasn't the most focused one. No. Anyway. Uh, really don't apologize. Am no. I apologizing? Never, never apologize. Yes, you, you are. Okay, sorry, I mustn't. You know mustn't what? Do you, do you know what you've just gone and done? People were, were listening to that podcast and they were really enjoying it, and now you've made them question everything. And they're oh, thinking, shit. I, You're I right. thought I'd enjoyed it, but actually, I've just <laughs> wasted an hour. I realize. Yeah, yeah. One minute. I am such a twat. I'm never going to give any money to James Dellingpole's Patreon like I was going to until Frisbee. Just cocked it up. So okay, anyway, if bit, anyone's still that. listening, if anyone, no, I can't, I can't. If everyone's, if anyone's still listening and not feeling bad about themselves, can you remember either give money to my Patreon, please, or to the subscribe star, which I should have up and running very soon. Cause I know some of you whine, you know, ah, Patreon, yeah. uh, you know, do you go to supermarkets? I bet your supermarkets woke. I mean, have you ever eaten Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Ben and Jerry's is far, far worse than anything um patreon is done you know Um, even like we transfer has gone woke like why is what's we transfer you know it's just doing all this stupid woke imagery we transfer do you even know what we transfer is i've heard of it oh okay it's a a file sharing site no it's for sharing large video files. oh yeah oh yeah 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 They've, well, that's the last time I'm going to transfer a large video with them, unless I'm desperate. <laughs> that's the problem, isn't it? You know, we we can all make these principled announcements that I'm from henceforth. I am not going to use we've transfer, and then one day, can you just transfer this large file to me in the next half hour? Uh, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's just this is this is why we're going to lose, Dom. That is the that is the reason. That's yeah. why we're not going to win. And there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. I'm going to go off and kill myself now. All right. Right. Lovely to talk to you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.